Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw Countout, the only pro wrestling countdown show that can be found right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. And anywhere fine podcasts are available, be sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notify bell next to it so you know whenever there's a new Going In Raw. Yeah. And, uh, we're also at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We have many... Wonderful reward tiers. What's best value, Larson? Five dollars. Five dollar a month gets you three live streams, early access to the review show, the old pay per view review show that we do on Sundays, and uh, so much more. The bonus episode, more stuff like that. We're also at Pro Wrestling Tees at prowrestlingtees dot com slash going in raw. Hopefully, by the time this episode goes up Saturday, we'll have eleven designs. Twelve. Twelve. I'm going to do one. You're going to do one. Okay. Right now, currently, as of filming this, we have ten. 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 Was, wasn't there a wrestler back in the day who had, like, their catchphrase was, like, ten? There was, like, I'm the perfect ten, and they're, like, ten, ten. Who was that guy? Was that a, who was that Dan Spivey character? Wayla, Waylon Mercy? Was it him? Was Waylon Mercy the perfect ten? No, he was, like, Bray Wyatt. Who am I thinking of? Ty Dillinger. Who? He's. On SmackDown. Ah, we're not here to talk about Ty Dillinger and lost wrestlers. We're talking about money in the bank because yes, tomorrow, tomorrow, Sunday, yeah. is money in the bank. Ooh. Stacked lineup this year. Be sure to watch. If you want somebody to watch it with, you can watch it with us. We're going to be doing live reactions to it. Correct. Um, so last year, we counted down the best and worst. Back then, we were doing top fives. Uh, money in the bank cash in uh, work in progress always. I know, Stephen Larson. So since we can't redo that list already, mm-hmm. um, we thought we would count down not just the best cash in, mm-hmm. but the best money in the bank winners. And our criteria pretty much is what was their title reign like after they cashed in their money in the bank briefcase. So here's the top ten money in the bank champions. Sure, I think I was peeing earlier, and that's the title I came up with. But I thought I had one more word in there. Top ten money in the bank cashed in champions. Okay. Because they're the champions who cashed in and yes. they're the best. Yeah. Because some are bad. 
Yes. Some are good. Some are good. Here's the 10 best. 10 best. Number 10. 10. Randy Orton. So, uh, Randy Orton won Money in the Bank 2013 mm-hmm. in June yeah, of yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. And this was all in the buildup to Daniel Bryan's uh, uh, leap to the main event. Oh, yeah. Because... Um, uh, it's like Gato was uh, was booking this stuff, but it was just accidental. Yeah. <laughs> so the crowd was embracing. They had embraced Daniel Bryan for years. I mean, uh, Team Hell No was mm-hmm. exceptionally over. Oh, yeah, big time. After they broke up, he really vaulted mm-hmm. up to the top of the card. Yeah, big time. Um, there's an episode of Raw where John Cena, I believe the whole uh, Raw locker room, which I guess at the time was the entire WWE locker room, because um, they were doing the super shows back then, mm-hmm. um, were on the top of the ramp, and John Cena was going to announce who uh, he was going to face at SummerSlam. Yeah. And uh, he said, Daniel Bryan. I choo choo choose you. Yeah. <laughs> Just like uh, Wiggum's kid. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so yeah. So Randy Orton wanted Money in the Bank in June at SummerSlam in August after Daniel Bryan beat John Cena in a really good match in a really fantastic match where Brian went over clean which John Cena is not going to put in just anybody over no. clean um, also Triple H was the special guest referee during that match which should have told us something yeah I know he did the old horseman thing where once you think he's a face he'll screw you yeah he'll like go, Arn did yeah like Arn did with Dustin Runnels yep we learned that recently mm-hmm. um, so anyways yeah so it was it was heartbreaking because this was we thought this was going to be Daniel Bryan's Big crowning moment. I mean, he had won. We're going to talk about his uh, his own cash in later on. Yeah. But uh, we thought this was, you know, this was in the, the crowd was behind him, and he had all the momentum going, and Cena put him over cleanly. Yep. So this is it. And then, which was brilliant. It was so brilliant. Triple H delivers, the, uh, just sends him straight to hell with his pedigree. Well, Orton comes out, and... Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan, if I correctly, turns to Triple H. Yeah. At which point Triple H pedigrees him. Yeah. Orton comes in, pins him, new yeah. champion. Orton. Randy Orton. So um, this naturally started a feud between Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a match at Night of Champions, mm-hmm. September's pay-per-view. Um, Daniel Bryan won that match, but Triple H uh, nullified the decision because he said referee Scott Armstrong uh, countered the pinfall too fast. Yep. So he said... Doesn't count. No way. AK the title. Okay. Um, Brian and Orton um, wrestled again for the title. Hell in a Cell 2013. Orton won. Mm-hmm. Orton unified the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship by beating John Cena at TLC. Correct. And then Orton held the unified championship uh, up until WrestleMania 30 when, in dramatic fashion, Daniel Bryan became the champion. Overcame the, the rebirthed, reborn evolution. Yep. Batista and Orton. Um, so you know this was this was kind of one of those things where number one Randy Orton was motivated, so that was good. They were doing the authority thing. I think this is like the was this the first time they sort of dubbed it the authority? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and uh, and it, it was it was kind of perfect because Randy Orton, you know, he had been around. He had had probably a million trillion heavyweight championship runs. So for anybody to sort of if you if you're gonna have Daniel Bryan super over Daniel Bryan crowd firmly behind him beat anybody for it, it would be Randy Orton. Randy Orton's the perfect guy yeah. to do this. So this was in terms of being the perfect heel to get Daniel Bryan over in the way that he did, combining that with Batista and Triple H, that entire storyline. This was an incredibly successful cash in yes. and subsequent storyline. Yeah, I mean related his, to his, his 
Orton's title reign may not have been successful unto itself, but in terms of how it related to the larger story, him Daniel being Bryan, the, the appropriate piece of the puzzle it was a for tremendous an amazing success. Story. Yeah, Huge success, for sure. Number nine! Nine. Kane! Yeah, Kane won uh, Money in the Bank in 2010, the very first Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yes. Standalone pay-per-view prior to this. Of course, Money in the Bank ladder matches happened at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, he won Money in the Bank. He cashed it in that night on Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, he immediately went into a feud. Well, he had a feud with Mysterio briefly and then immediately got into another feud with the Undertaker. The Undertaker. Um, so for the better part of summer and fall of of 2010, it was Kane Undertaker again. Yeah. Like it was 1997 all over again. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, Kane's kind of just on here for his longevity. Yeah, he he held that belt for 154 days. Yeah. Who had? Do we know who had the WWE title? Which was sort of by this point, WWE title was prime title. And then this was the one that all the other guys who you kind of figure should maybe have a world title run had. Like Del Rio had this title a lot because nobody really wanted a WWE title on. Whenever Del Rio had the WWE title, it felt very like transitional. Um, in uh, 2010. Uh, Probably a lot of Cena, I'd imagine. Sheamus. Um, Orton, and then uh, someone we'll get to later on this list, The Miz. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. The Miz? Wait, The Miz had it in 2010. Oh, that's when he fought uh, Cena? Uh, No, he cashed in as well. I believe there was two Money in the Bank ladder matches, one for each title. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. But that's when Miz had it. That's when he went on to fight Cena? Yeah, at WrestleMania. Yes, we'll get to that later. Oh. Um, So, anyways, going back to Kane. um, So, you know, again, like I said, longevity. Nobody really... I, I honestly was kind of half-watching at this point. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the fact that they cashed it on... Was this, like, one of the first times it was cashed in? Was there anything special? Like, it was the um, first time it was cashed in the same night? Yes. Okay. All right. So that's and cool. at the time, it was the... That's a pretty big surprise when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Ambrose beat this last year, but it was the... Quickest cash-in? Yeah, the, the record for... Quickest cash. I think it was 47 minutes. That could be because I looked. At, oh, that's interesting because I looked at it um, with Money in the Bank 2010. And, yeah, this is, I mean, the, the world heavyweight title at the time was such that it was middle of the card. Uh, because Sheamus and John Cena fought in the main event in the steel cage for the WWE Championship. Sheamus won. and uh, But three matches prior to that was uh, Kane coming out and defeating. Yeah, so... So that was the first actual match of the night. That wasn't a dark match. was the Money in the Bank match. Then there was a five-minute uh, women's match, a five-minute tag team match, and then was Rey Mysterio versus Jack Swagger, which was ten minutes, and then Kane came out in less than a minute beat Rey Mysterio. So that was a very fast cash-in. Right yeah. Now. That was very, very fast. So, yeah, and then there was, like, two more matches, and then... Oh, yeah, yeah. One of those was the other uh, yeah. WWE. When the Miz won it. When the Miz won it. Nice. So, good job, Kane. Good luck on your run for mayor of wherever'sville you're running from. Somewhere in Tennessee. That's correct. And good luck with your insurance agency. Number eight. Eight. Seamus. So, again, this is kind of like uh, Orton's situation where it's not so much the title reign itself that was impressive. It was the role Seamus played in storylines. That was impressive. I remember around this time the, when they were really you, trying to you get... You called this completely correct. over. Yep. Uh, Take your victory lap. Especially after Sheamus won Money in the Bank. And we were all, why are they putting Money in the Bank on Sheamus? It doesn't only make any only sense. one reason. I said, "Who? there's only one person that Reigns can face 
they'll help him get over, and that's Seamus, because no one likes Seamus. The funny thing is, I, I believe you actually called this in advance of Seamus winning. I, I swear to God, it was like six months prior to this. I don't remember. That you started jokingly saying... Seamus should beat Roman Reigns for the for the title. Or Sheamus, Sheamus, if they have Roman Reigns beat Seamus for the title, it'll get Roman Reigns over. I'm almost positive he said, and then it ended up happening. That sounds right to me because I remember being like, "Yeah, well, somebody's listening because Seamus is terrible, <laughs> and the only the only guy that so that has like Seamus heat in the company that is X Pac heat." Is Seamus. Yeah. And sure enough, they milked that for as much as they could. They really he did. He was preening for the crowd. There was, you look stupid. They made him look extra stupid with his little weird... Oh, he had braids in his beard. Beard braids yeah. and stuff. It was so dumb. Yeah. So Seamus won Money in the Bank 2015. And then uh, after Seth Rollins blew out his knee at a house show, um, they vacated the title and had a tournament for it, the finals of which took place at Survivor Series 2015. Finalists were Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Um, Reigns won, um, held the title for five minutes and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Sheamus cashed in yeah. um, for uh, the WWE title. Sheamus only held the belt for 22 days, but um, that 22nd day, something nearly miraculous happened. It was insane. It was crazy. Uh, Roman Reigns got a Philadelphia crowd to pop huge for his win when he reclaimed the title from Sheamus. It's because it was like on that one magical night, mm-hmm. WWE found a way yeah. to book Roman Reigns properly. Yeah. I mean, maybe just because he punched Vince McMahon. Yeah, well, it was this whole sequence. So remember there was that there was that one, I forget which pay-per-view it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was that one. I don't know. When he destroyed, was it when, when he got, was it Money in the Bank when he destroyed Triple H after the fact? Didn't like Seamus cash in on him, and then Triple H comes down, and then and Roman Reigns completely destroyed Triple yeah, H. Yeah, he did around this time, yeah. And everybody started. It was like 48 hours. It was that, and then the Raw afterwards, something like that. Maybe it was like over a week. I forget what it was. But during that sequence, it was like he destroyed Triple H. He went on a rampage, punched Vince, Superman punched Vince McMahon. And then won the belt. And then won the belt. He was doing everything we wanted him to do. He was he was just, and he, that was that's how you that's how they should have been booking him the entire time. Yep. And not just this guy who's like sleepwalking his way through victories. I know. And then two weeks later, that's what we got again. Yeah. And then yeah, and that's how it's kind of been since then. Like Pretty we've much. seen ups and downs, and it's funny because I've I've kind of noticed in the ether of things, like here and there, like there was one article from I don't I don't know where it was, but it was like you know. Roman Reigns is quietly putting together the best stretch of matches in his career. And then, I mean, I know he's sort of a company guy these days, but uh, bring it to the table guy, Pete. Uh, oh, Rosenberg. Rosenberg was saying, how many great pay-per-view matches does this guy have to have before people get behind him? I don't really think that's a valid point. <laughs> like, it's not like he's having great. Look, man, we just watched Dominion the other day. <laughs> you know, it's like, there are some great pay-per-view matches yeah. out there. I mean, he has had some very good pay-per-view matches. I mean, yeah, we, no, his, his matches against AJ Styles were fantastic. With, with all our, our criticisms of Roman Reigns, one thing we credit him for is that he works really hard in the ring. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can't knock the guy for not trying because he tries. And we can't, I mean, the thing is, we, we're, we're not, we can't really fault that they have a long-term plan in terms of him fighting Lesnar and Mania. It's we don't want that path to be from A to B. Yeah, we want that path to have a lot of twists and turns, yes. and have the universal title go to a couple people who we'd love to see it on. Or see Reigns uh, lose some matches. Yeah, exactly. We want some. We want face a, some adversity. We want a dramatic buildup. Yes. Um. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. But he's just been boring since then. But yeah, for one magical like 48 hours or whatever it was, he was booked to perfection, and the crowd responded in kind. Yeah, and Sheamus, you know, while he had a short reign as an obvious transitional champion, for those 22 days, he played that role perfectly. He was effective. He He made those Sheamus 515 shirts and all that. Yeah, it was all terrible. It was so bad. But it worked. But it worked. It got Roman Reigns over. Yep. I don't know if there's anybody who could do that right now. There's no, I don't know if there's anybody in the company who's so, like, people just so... Di- like, that entire League of Nations was just people besides Rusev that, like, nobody really wanted to see ever. Like, nobody really wanted to see Alberto Del Rio. Nobody really wanted to see Sheamus. And nobody really wanted to see Wade Barrett. As much as I love Wade Barrett, he was just there. He didn't even really wrestle when he was a member no, of the No, he of really Nations. didn't. And he was all thin. <laughs> it was all just kind of weird. I think of anybody else that could play that Sheamus role these days. Because even Sheamus can't play that role no. anymore. He's really good as a heel. I'll have to think about that. Yes. Uh, number seven. Seven. Dean Ambrose. So he won Money in the Bank last year. Cashed it in on Seth Rollins that very night after Seth Rollins defeated Roman Reigns the WWE title because Roman Reigns was just about to get suspended for a wellness policy violation. Correct. Um, and I think we were both pretty excited when Dean won. I yeah. think we both called it. Yeah. Um, it seemed pretty obvious. Um, because he had a really good match against Triple H leading up to WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he hadn't really... He had a decent Intercontinental title reign. You know, he was awesome in the Shield. Mm-hmm. We were excited to see what he could do yeah, sure. with a huge opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he won. We were excited. Um, he ended up being the number one draft pick for SmackDown in the brand extension draft that happened about... A month after this. Well, everything was good. It was weird. Everything was great with him until, and it was it was pretty close after because Money in the Bank was in June. Mm-hmm. The draft happened in early July. Mid-July. Mid-July. July 19th. Okay. Oh, there you go. And so everything was like really kind of exciting for Dean Ambrose as champion up until the draft, up until the, the brand split. Mm-hmm. At that point, it just, who did he face? It was Dolph like, Ziggler. Oh, my, oh, that's right. It was. It was like they had that, that match. Was it six like pack six challenge pack challenge on the first episode of SmackDown? To determine the new number one contender. And I don't think anybody expected Dolph to win. He won. And his first promo afterwards was great. He was yeah. doing really good promo work yeah. um, following that match leading up to SummerSlam. But it, it, I felt like Dolph kind of outperformed Ambrose on the mic for the most part mm-hmm. in their feud. And their match was so lackluster. Yeah. Um, there was no... Well, the thing is, there was no... I. I if the match, even if the match itself, because the lead up, as great as Dolph was, I never really gave him more than a twenty percent chance. Oh yeah, yeah. Him, well, you know, even that's being generous. No, I know, but I thought that his work was so good on the mic that I was like, well, any anytime somebody does, anytime somebody outperforms their expectations, you got to give them a little bit of a chance. Oh you yeah, know? it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, maybe they'll be recognized. Maybe this is something they're going to look at and they're going to say, oh, we might want to run with this. Like, I feel like Jinder Mahal, when he came back, like, he sort of out, way outperformed his expectations. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, we want to bust in the India market. That's, you know, advantageous. We have this guy. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and roll. Mm-hmm. And Dolph, I thought, okay, maybe, just maybe, they understood that Dolph was very quickly reaching the point of no return when it comes to believability in the oh, yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. But I thought that he still had one last, I thought this was his last chance to maybe, if they put that title on him, maybe let's see if we can extend that window. Yes. 
but their match was so lackluster at yeah, SummerSlam. It was not good at all. It just it, it was like okay, well, there's no way. Uh, we considered including Dolph on this list for his own cash in um, in 2013. Right, which was really exciting. The cash in itself was, yeah. but his title reign ended, you know, shortly or right, yeah, uh, abruptly because he got concussed. Yeah, dropped it to Del Rio. They made him a face, and then he seemed to lose all his momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's strictly because of the concussion or not, who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it just seemed like his his title reign and his push went nowhere. Yeah, and then once it was so weird. Once, like like you said, when you know they entered in that feud, Dean versus Dolph. Like there was any number of other people. Who else was in that? I'm trying to remember who else was in the six pack challenge. I'm sure, AJ was. AJ Baron Corbin was probably in it. Um, I seen it in it. Was seen in it? Maybe I don't know. Bray Bray was in it. Bray had to have been in it, I think. Um, but it just it, it all of a sudden it felt like they had zero direction mm-hmm. for Dean Ambrose, especially after SummerSlam. They just had zero direction with him, and then there was all those weird things about like him being quote unquote lazy. Yeah, like Stone Cold awkwardly called him out for sitting on his, you know, for sitting on his resting on his laurels, and Dean sort of seemed taken aback by that. Yeah, and I don't know. It was I don't know if I don't know if that's like a thing backstage. I don't know what that is, but it really just seemed. Then he was like they sort of played him up for a comedy act. Um, anyways, he held on to the title for 84 days, and he lost it to AJ Styles at Backlash, um, 2016. Yep. So we saw he. Uh, it was No Mercy. The next pay per view. The next pay per view was No Mercy when he was in the Triple Threat with Cena and Styles. Yeah. Styles ended up retaining. That was actually a really good match. That was a good match. That was a lot of fun. So, um, Ambrose has kind of been in and out of. Uh, well, he's has been Intercontinental Champion. He had, he and AJ had another really good match at TLC. Mm-hmm. Last year for the title, yeah, but I don't think he's been the title picture since then. Yeah, finally he's just been the Intercontinental title picture, which I think is a solid place for him. Yes. I'm enjoying his work with the Miz right now. If he's got a good, if he's got, I feel like Dean Ambrose. If he has somebody who's going to work with him, then I think that I think he's good. I think yeah. he's fun. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like the biggest Dean Ambrose fan. Yeah, but because uh, I kind of feel like we've seen. <laughs> We've seen my, his my potential graph. Yeah, yeah, we've seen his ceiling for the most part, but we haven't seen a singles competitor heal Dean Ambrose yet. Yeah, we haven't true. seen that yet. That's true. So I'm I'm kind of holding out hope that once we see that, we'll see, you know, that he can take it to the proverbial next level. Yeah, I always thought that that was like one of the weaker things about his because uh, I I was I was a fan of his the WrestleMania build with him and Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. but then in retrospect, it was like why isn't Dean why is Baron being the real lunatic here? Pinning him under a forklift and whatnot. Why isn't Dean getting really crazy with Baron? I know. You know. That was sort of. It's funny because you take for granted how sort of like Dean. They just play him up as hey, he's the cool guy, but he's not the he's not really the lunatic, and that's his that's his title. That's what thing. all his t-shirts say. Yeah, exactly. Number six. Six. Rob Van Dam. So RVD won the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 22. Uh-huh. Um, and rather than cash in in an opportunistic fashion, this was great. Yes, um, he scheduled his title bout against John Cena mm-hmm. at ECW One Night Stand, two thousand six. Six, right? This is the second One Night Stand. Correct. In the last, um, uh, man, that match was outstanding. It was an outstanding. The crowd was insane, and Cena, you know, one year after winning the world title. Or after after winning the WWE title, 
you know, was for most crowds, for 99% of the crowds, hot, supremely hot. There, there had not been a back. This was the backlash before the backlash had started. Mm-hmm. The crowd was eating Cena alive. Chance of F.U. Cena. There was that great spot where, you know, he'll take his shirt off, throw it in the crowd. How many times does the crowd throw it back in the ring? Three times. Three or four times. Yeah, just threw it back at him. It was great. It was fantastic. And And he was eating it up. Yeah, say, Cena, to his credit, he he played that whole thing up. He played it up. That's the closest we've gotten to heel Cena. Yeah, it was great. Um, So uh, RVD won the WWE Championship that night Mm -hmm. from John Cena. And he was super over. Yeah, he was. He was. He was holding. He was holding simultaneously the ECW and WWE championship yep. at the same time. Yep. It was. Fan, it was when they were kind of getting ECW right. They were kind of lightly touching on it here and there. It was really. And Paul Heyman was involved. Yeah. It was really, really good. He was super over. And then twenty-two days later, he got busted. He and Sabu were uh, driving through Ohio, I believe. Got yeah. pulled over. Got busted for well, RVD. Got busted for marijuana and Vicodin possession. Yeah. Um, and so he had to drop the belt. He yep. dropped the belt to Edge, um, uh, July 2006, on Raw, and the, then dropped the ECW title to... Well... It's a big show. Yeah. And then after that, he was suspended for 30 days without pay, and he never really got back into the uh, the, the WWE title picture, at least. Yeah. Yeah. That That is like one of the biggest what-ifs, like mm-hmm. how big... Could he have got because he was so he was so popular he was so popular. Well, when we watched uh, Invasion that pay per view, mm-hmm. he was over huge then. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, because you know what's funny? Like he had sort of been you know there was the what 1997 ECW Invasion and he had wrestled a couple matches for WWF and that's why the crowd at that pay per view we saw the ECW. Fairly legal. legal. Fairly legal, yeah. The crowd started to turn on him. They were turning on him because there was there was rumors that he was going to go to WWF, and so um, so you know the the crowd was well versed in RVD. Yeah. And man, he was, he was so good. He, he was, was so good. good, and he was he, more than more than so many other people. More than I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else who had his level of. Guys who you watch in the ring, then you hear them talk on the mic, and they are they are one hundred percent themselves. We kind of we kind of say that about Chris Hero these days. Yeah, but RVD, there was no character there. It was all just him, mm-hmm. and this guy was so relatable in terms yeah. of who he was. Yeah. But then you'd watch him in the ring, and it was insane. You'd do this otherworldly stuff. You'd do the stuff nobody else was doing. Yeah. And there was something so captivating about that. And the fact that the WWE put the title on him against Cena at ECW, that's the kind of fantasy booking that you never, like these days, it was just like, oh, let's do it on WWE 2K17. Yeah. Because we know it's never going to happen in real life. Yeah. But they were doing that stuff back then. Yeah. And it was over. They were taking risks. Yeah, they don't really do that anymore. No. No. Number five. Five. The Miz. So uh, he won um, the uh, WWE Championship Money in the Bank ladder match 2010. Kane mm-hmm. won the World Heavyweight Championship ladder match. Right. Um, the Miz cashed in on Randy Orton on uh, September 19th, 2010 at United Champions after uh, Randy Orton competed in a six-pack elimination challenge. The Miz held this title for 159 days, Long second time. longest um, reign of the Money in the Bank uh, winner mm-hmm. um, before dropping it to John Cena at Extreme Rules 2011. Um, 
I don't know if history has necessarily looked kindly upon Miz's world title reign. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is because of WrestleMania 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny because I, I feel like, again, sort of, I think mainly because, well, I don't know, it might have something to do with it. The Miz these days... He can he can try to be heel all he wants. The internet the internet is is they're starting to become Miz fans yes. big, big time, um, and so I think retroactively and I'm I'm speaking specifically I think it was one of the Adams from What Culture, um, or it might have been like a What Culture article that looked back on his reign fondly mm-hmm. and said you know what this was actually kind of cool when I maybe it was last year they did a video on Cashins or something I don't know. But they're like, you know what? The Miz's cash-in is up there because it was unexpected, and his title reign was better than a lot of people think. I think a lot of people are turning back now because they're appreciating the Miz's work now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're looking back on it. Um, I always, I, I kind of, I, I, when I saw the, the CM Punk documentary, he kind of ran down the Miz's champion back then. Yeah. The roster seemed thin on main event talent back then, and I don't know. I look, I look back, and on one hand, I can see that the Miz. Here was my main problem with it. When The Miz came out at WrestleMania 27, these days when The Miz comes out, it's, it's so intangible. When The Miz comes out now, it's there. He has it. He doesn't have to try. Yeah. He has it. That thing that you do, that thing that they do when they've been around for a while. Yes. And they've been champion. They know how to control the crowd. Miz in 2010 did not have that. Yeah, not quite. When you look at his performance then, when you look at his, not his in-ring performance, because that's always been whatever, but when you see him come down the ramp, when you see him holding that giant title, which looks too big for him. It was great, that though, that he, 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 he fixed the plate so it was an M. Yeah. <laughs> the little touches were Yeah, the were little nice. touches are good. I mean, look, he did every he did everything, I'll put it this way, he did everything expected of him. Oh, yeah. He didn't have the experience, which was no fault of his own. Nope. But he came out, and it was just annoying to look at his face because you could tell he was trying to exude charisma and confidence, yeah. and it just wasn't there, so it didn't make him believable. That was my main problem with it, is I just didn't think of him as believable. Well, and I think how he won at WrestleMania 27 certainly didn't help Yeah, oh, absolutely, either. absolutely. kind of tainted the legacy of his run. Yeah, but then, you know, I always liked that they put Alex Riley with him. Yeah. I liked Alex Riley. Yeah, me too. I thought that, you know, in terms of getting heel heat, I, don't know, I think he had it. Maybe he was just doing a good, it could be that he was just doing a good job with me getting heel heat. I don't know, I don't know. But, yeah, it is funny because the main, you know, as opposed to now, you know, back then the main event scene was thin. I mean, it was 2010. You had Kane as a world heavyweight champion. And well, with Cena and Orton and The Miz. Guys who, you know, Cena and Orton had already been around for a very long time, so that was boring. And Edge was still around. Edge was still around, but he had been sort of in that main event scene already for five years. Punk, so was, Punk was doing the uh, Straight Edge Society stuff about then, I think, Punk was, Punk, was, Punk was doing really, really good work then. He was doing really good work. Yeah. Like, he sort of moved out of that phase where people, you know, when, when like, he did, let's see. We'll talk about Oh, we'll, we'll get to him yeah, later. We'll to yeah, him later. But at this time, you know, Punk, I mean, I think that his gripe was probably well-founded. Like, you know, there's an element with CM Punk that I've, that we both sort of seen where it's like, well, Certain aspects of him felt like he had a sense of entitlement that isn't always justified. That was, I felt, kind of justified. I thought that CM Punk going into WrestleMania versus John Cena, as we saw later, not too far later, was you know much more going to SummerSlam. Anyways, 
could have been much more interesting than Miz versus Cena. Mm-hmm. Because I felt it was just like, I don't know, the same old thing. Like, Miz didn't really have a lot of motivation to be a dick besides just being a dick. Yeah, CM Punk fought Orton at WrestleMania that year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been after Straight Edge Society then. Um, I don't recall. I don't remember either. I don't remember if he was wearing the uh, the uh, the Nexus shirt. No, uh, no, no. That yet. was after that. Right? That was after. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, that was after. In 2011. So, so I think that might have been after Straight Edge Society. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Number four. Four. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he won Money in the Bank in 2011. Yes. And I loved his, his cash-in was great. So the big show had just done, had just gotten done fighting. I want to say it was Mark Henry at TLC 2011. Um, and when he cashed in on the big show, uh, it was like, you know, it was a very sneaky manner. Yeah, it was Mark Henry. Mark Henry came in as champion. Big show beat him. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and in seven seconds beats the big show. And it was the it was the flukiest and he started celebrating like he had just won the lottery. Yeah. It was fantastic. And so it was a heel turn, but really it was just he was just a dick all of a sudden. It was fantastic. And it was like you see this and you can't help but it was it was one of those things when Daniel Bryan like Daniel Bryan could never Never not be entertaining. Yes. And so even when Daniel Bryan was a heel, you loved to watch him because he was so damn entertaining. And one could argue that's not the the ingredients for an effective heel. You know, we, we have that debate here on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah What's yeah. an effective heel versus an entertaining heel? Well, I think there's different kinds of heel, and you can have And there's a place for heel. everything. Exactly. There's a place for everything. I totally agree. Because I wouldn't have wanted Daniel Bryan any other way. When mm-hmm. he was a heel, he was... Fantastic. He was so great. Um, but anyways, he won the World Heavyweight Championship. Off uh, well, well. Um, Held on to it for 105 days before dropping it to Sheamus at WrestleMania 28 in 18 seconds. Yeah. That's crap. That was That's back when they thought Sheamus was going to be the guy. He's gonna be the, the man. Guy. Yeah, exactly. That didn't happen, did it? No. No, instead, Daniel Bryan could have been the man. Yeah. Had he not gotten hurt. Oh, here we go. So this is actually what happened for the cash in itself. I kinda remember this. Uh let's see here. Big show executed a KO punch to win the title for Mark Henry. After the match, though, Henry executed a DDT on Big Show onto several chairs, which then let Daniel Bryan come in, cash in on Big Show. I remember that like Big Show didn't even really get a chance to celebrate. He like got extra laid out by Mark Henry, and then Daniel Bryan came in and cashed in. Um, and I, I, you know, like I said, I, I really enjoyed Daniel Bryan's yeah. run. And after he lost the belt, we got Team Hell No. Mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. And they got extremely over. Oh, super over, yeah. Um, and that, of course, led to his rise to the top of the card. Mm-hmm, yep. And all started cashing in Money in the Bank. Cashing in, yeah. Now, this was also, this was also, I remember the next night after he won, it was sort of like, Heralded as almost like a new era type thing because CM Punk had won. Um, Daniel Bryan oh, yeah. was champion, and Zack Ryder, was who had gotten over yeah. on the internet with his uh, show, the Long Island Ice Z or whatever. Um, so it was like, oh wow, all the guys that internet loves, they're all champions now. And then we saw what happened with Zack Ryder; he was buried, and then Daniel Bryan, he had to, you know, take a shameless boot and lose in 18 seconds. Exactly, yeah. 
Number three. Three. Edge. You think you know me. You think you know me. You think you know me. Um, So Edge has cashed in Money in the Bank twice. He won the briefcase once in a Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 21. Cashed in on John Cena. Um, January. In on Hold on, we're not there yet. <laughs> January 8, 2006, after uh, Cena competed in the Elimination Chamber match at New Year's Revolution. Well, yeah, then, bloody. the week after, live sex show, mm. Edge and Lita. That's fantastic. Thought nipple. Probably Steve's favorite moment in WWE history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Beats Hogan Andre, beats Stone Cold HBK. Live section. Um, but Edge only held the belt for 21 days before losing it back to Cena at the Rumble. So the short, brief run. Mm-hmm. But I believe that was the first Money in the Bank ladder match, and that was the first cash in. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was because it was like that was the cash in that everybody realized, oh, Money in the Bank can be this. Yeah, it could be cool. It could happen anytime. It's like I said, like, Edge has done some neat things. <laughs> has done some neat things. Oh, man, that's good. But no, I mean, because, you know, I think originally when you think of, like, money in the bank, when you, people thought of money in the bank, it was like, oh, you had a contract, you go do your contract signing. It's you like, put it on the table for the contract uh, signing. Yeah, you exactly. It and then but you it, did, instead, it could be exciting and yeah, dramatic. Yeah, you like run out with a briefcase and you're dragging a referee yeah. along with you. And it's like, ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in 2007, this is the best. This um, might have been the other... The, like my other favorite moment in <laughs> WWE history. Um, Mr. Kennedy um, hurt his arm, and so uh, after winning the Money in the Bank briefcase, that WrestleMania 22 had to give it up. So they had a match between Edge and Mr. Kennedy for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Edge destroyed Mr. Kennedy on an episode of Raw, absolutely <laughs> annihilated him. Well, the great thing is, like, he goads Mr. Kennedy within like a couple minutes to put his money in the bank briefcase up on the line and then destroys him I think before the bell rings yeah bell rings hits the spear <laughs> pin that was the match that's so awesome oh it's so great and then so Edge whenever this was on Raw Edge went to Smackdown to cash in the briefcase on The Undertaker I think later that week or or the next week Edge was just like he was like he didn't need things he was like again Edge was like the he was like the poster child for cool fantasy booking. Yeah, like who just goes from Raw and then move, goes runs over to SmackDown and cashes in. That's fantastic. That's so exciting. That's so cool. He held it at that point for seventy days, but as we all know, Edge is literally I think the most decorated guy in like the modern era. Um, I think he he's won the most belts of anybody in strictly WWE. Oh no, okay, I think that, that sounds like thirty three. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. He's won a lot of belts. He's won a lot of belts. And he won Lita's heart. Um, from Broken Metal. Okay, so number two. Two. Sam Punk. Again, two cash-ins. He is the only man to win Money in the Bank twice. And he did it mm-hmm. consecutive years. Consecutive years, yeah. Um, first time, WrestleMania 24. He won it. He cashed in on Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship on June 30th, 2008 on an episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, he held the title for 69 days and then lost the belt when he was pulled from a championship scramble match. Yeah, this was like... he was attacked by Legacy he backstage. Re- he references this in his documentary yes. as a definite low point in his career. What was the explanation for pulling him from that match? Do you remember? Um, oh, you mean in storyline or out of storyline? Both. Well, no, in storyline, he was attacked by Legacy. Right, right. He was but like backstage, what, why, why did they pull him from the match? That I don't recall. I don't think he ever actually said the, the, the politics reason, like the backstage reason. Yeah. I think they just felt that they didn't... <laughs> I don't know. Why wouldn't he have just lost the championship scramble 
Matt, like, why wouldn't he have just lost that? Yeah, who knows? Anyways, he was replaced in the match by Chris Jericho, and he ended up winning. He ended up winning yeah. the championship that night at Unforgiven 2008. Um, a year later, Punk won Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 29. Um, again, for the World Heavyweight Championship, cashed in on Jeff Hardy, brother mm-hmm. Nero, um, after Hardy defeated Edge at Extreme Rules 2009. Um, Punk held on the belt for 49 days before losing it back to Hardy at Night of Champions. Um, and then Punk won the belt back at SummerSlam. Yeah. And then he eventually lost it to The Undertaker. The Undertaker. 42 days later because um, Undertaker took issue with how yeah. he dressed. Yeah, I guess, yeah, there is that, like, rumor, but not rumor. I thought it was, like, real, like, Punk even admitted it or something like that. Like, Undertaker felt that Punk didn't dress like didn't dress like a champ. He didn't dress like a champ. Because he liked to wear hoodies? He liked to wear hoodies. But, like, isn't that all Undertaker wore when he was American about it? Well, no, he wore, like, denim vests. But I think he meant what he wore backstage, when he right? Was, when he was big evil, he wore a lot of hoodies. Did like did Mark Calloway wear like suits? Gucci, Armani? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't I don't get that whole story at all. He didn't like punk. He was like, Hey punk, let's go have a beer and then he had to hear this dude talk for like ten minutes about the evils of alcohol. Listen, man, I just wanna go have a beer with the new champ. I don't know all that you just said. <laughs> what a straight edge. Like a ruler? <laughs> Uh, no, Mark. Draw four. Yeah. Let's see here. What are you looking up there? Oh, I'm, looking up, I'm trying to look up the uh, the CM Punk stuff. Oh, why he was pulled from the uh, Unforgiven match? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, no, it, do- oh, uh, it doesn't say. It says Jericho replaced Punk in the scramble match after participating in an absolutely brutal war with Shawn Michaels. HBK and Jericho beat the hell out of one another, and yet Jericho emerges as the champion at the end of the night. Punk was told of the Jericho-HBK feud as being given the belt to give it more prestige. Jericho and HBK would go, oh, so it was simply to put Jericho in the match hmm. to win the title. I feel like they could have done that with any other participant. I know. Jericho and HBK would go on the following month at No Mercy to have reportedly the greatest ladder match Vince McMahon has ever seen, and it is damn good. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. They 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 pulled the champion from the match. It says during his title reign on Raw, Punk was treated as the epitome of a guy carrying a belt. He was hardly treated as the main performer. Was buried for heat after his defense against Batista at the Great American Bash, and only had a real successful title defense against JBL at SummerSlam. This is from Reddit. So hmm. who knows? Who knows? But anyways, I mean, he went on to be, you know, when, once he did the Straight Edge Society stuff and then did the new Nexus, the new Nexus, and then, of course, the scene of the pipe bomb, and then on, he was, you know, freaking legend at that point. Best in the world. Best in the world. Best in the world. Speaking of best in the world, number one. One. Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, he won Money in the Bank 2014 Yeah, um, with the help of Kane. Kane. Cashed in in dramatic fashion mm. during the main event, WrestleMania 31. Left WrestleMania 31 with the world championship. And we left with smiles on our faces. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, uh, near as I can tell, he had the longest reign of any uh, Money in the Bank winner who cashed in. 220 days. Sounds right. Um, and he held the belt until he blew out his knee mm-hmm. in a match against Kane at a house show. Kane. Title was vacated. Roman Reigns eventually got it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Seth Rollins' reign as champion, long 
a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Wasn't booked the strongest. Yeah, but he played the role of cowardly heel just about as well as one could hope. Absolutely. The, the frustrating thing about it is that he was putting on during that like what was it like fifteen pay per view in a row? Yeah, yeah. Streak where he was main eventing. His matches were always terrific. They just booked him, like you said, a bit too weak. Like you, you can go to the weak, the the cowardly heel thing, a bit too much. But it doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't make storyline sense for a guy to be holding his own and putting on the best match for ninety percent of the match. For ninety percent, yeah. Just for something to happen that would require J and J to get involved. If they had dialed back J and J by like twenty percent. It would have been real. I mean, it would have been a, a bit more palatable. Like, like they'd only interfere in desperate times. Then. Right, exactly. But that being said, by far, he had his best work on the mic when he was a heel. Oh, like yeah. We both agree Seth Rollins is supreme as a heel. Um, and it was just, you know, he was, he, was always, he was always putting on amazing matches. You knew that the guy with the title was the best wrestler in the company. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how they were, you know, booking him storyline-wise... You know that never changed during his entire reign, and it was it was an absolute bummer to see him go out the way he did. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, like, I mean, he's huge. He's the number one face. Oh yeah, on Raw, on he's Raw right. for sure. Um, but to see him favor, I don't know. I the knee the knee storyline. This really creeps me out because like you know, always focus on it, and then mm-hmm. it's like whenever he lands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever he lands from anything. He really like, hasn't changed his in-ring style whatsoever. <laughs> he really He still does those, uh, what are they, the sunset flip bombs? He still yeah, does that kind of crap. Line, no. Yeah. Uh, no good. I mean, he wears two giant pillows on his knees. Well, that's fine for impact, but if you're going to, as he did at the mm-hmm. house show, as he put it, land on his instep. Yeah. And his knee just twisted in. Ugh, knee pads aren't going to do anything for that. You need braces. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, but you know he's having he is having a terrific run right now as face. Um, be interesting to see what happens with him and Brock if they do come up against each other between now and oh I'm sure they will yeah should be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah there you go top ten money in the bank cash in champions. It's a lot of words. Yeah that's all right. Anyways let us know what you guys think in the comments and until next time we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Some people are probably going to say Del Rio. Del Rio deserved to be. Didn't he cash in? He cashed in, didn't he? Yeah, on the CM Punk CM after Punk? Kevin Nash. Oh yeah, that was Punk. like the most transitional shit. <laughs> he was in. He was in contention. He, I thought about putting him on there. Yeah, yeah, but no. Okay, bye everybody. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.